It is Friday, April 29th. And no, this is not C. Rose. This is the younger, the better looking, the guy with more stamina version of C. Rose. I'm Trevor Plouffe. And over there, our good friend, Peter Moylan. How are you doing, Pete? I'm awesome, buddy. How are you? Seeing your face. I was thinking this morning, can you be best friends with somebody who you've only hung out with in person two or three times? I think so. I think it's We're true. We're testing the theory as we speak. Dude, I have had so, this, and every time I, you know, we we get to do this, I think about how cool this would be, you know, on a regular basis. So not to kick Rosie out already, <laughs> but I'm ready for this. Uh, you know, people, <laughs> here's the thing, though: people love C. Rose. He's everywhere. He's at the, the NFL best. draft last night. Did you get a chance to see the picture he put out on Twitter? No, I did not. I worked. Pink. Man. Pink shirt, pink tie, face looking good. Looks like he put a little bit of fake bronzer on the face, but it's okay. Uh, it's show business, baby. I'm looking right now. I'm looking right now because I got to see this. I need to see your reaction. I need to hear your reaction. I mean, he's always looking. I mean, he's not, He's a good looking man. He's a good looking man. If you can go from robot <laughs> to baseball to NFL draft, you are doing something right. His personality serves him well. Let's get into some baseball talk, C-Rose. We love you. We'll see you on Monday, big guy. Anyways, let's start with your team. You let's. cover the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they're the defending champs. How much pressure is Atlanta feeling from their division, namely the new-look Mets who sport the best record in baseball through 20 games? Are they feeling that heat, Pete? Listen, Trev, I. it's been a big couple of weeks for the Braves, right? Um have you ever been to like a, have you ever been on the field for a Jersey retirement? You know what opening day is like? It's, it's, sure. it's unbelievable. The emotions are great and it's awesome. Same as a, a Jersey retirement. You love being involved in it, but the preparation for your games is a little interrupted. So you don't get in the flow of the season as you normally would. Um, that was, that happened last week. And then obviously Acuna came back last night. So the lineup depth instantly got deeper. It looked so much better last night. The bottom of the order was knocking stuff from Dansby Swanson, obviously. Travis DeMerritt came in out of nowhere. Well, not out of nowhere for anybody that has followed his career, but he's been eight years in the minor leagues and got his shot the other day as well. There's a lot of moving parts going on. Um, Charlie Morton is having some, some issues with control uh, that I've not seen him have ever. Baseballs don't know what. There's a lot of talk about baseballs, but you know, Kyle Wright stepped up and taken his place. Max Fried has been Max Fried. It's just been, it's been an, an up and down start. But this team was, and I keep going back to it, but this team was under 500 in July last year. The difference is the rest of the division got better this year. I think the Phillies are on a roll right now. They're about to run into the Mets, um, but the Mets are. I watched them sweep the doubleheader the other day. Um, and they're really good, man. They are a good team. You know, yeah, the Phillies just swept the Rockies. I think a four-game right. sweat, so they're coming. I, I, I still, um, you know, every day I get on this show and I say the Phillies are still here, guys. I like right. the Phillies. Are you surprised at, like, how well the Mets have gelled? A lot of big personalities in that clubhouse, and they're doing this all without Jacob deGrom. Like, do you think they just found the right mix of guys, or is it talent takes over? It doesn't matter about that. All the articles are saying that the the additions have brought in an attitude, a different kind of attitude that, that the Mets kind of needed. I think, and you may disagree, I don't know how you feel about manager's influence, but I think Buck Showalter taking some of the 
he can he can answer any question. Like Buck's a pro. He would take he's kind of like a Bobby Cox where he would he will take the attention off the player as opposed to forcing it back to the player. I think he is the perfect guy for that clubhouse. And I think you know Lindor's gone back to the Lindor that he he was in Cleveland. Um, I mean, I got to face him, see him so much when I was with the Royals, and he was he's nasty. He's he's a top ten player in the league for sure. Um, and without Degrom, McGill, who's supposed to be their fifth starter, are you yeah. kidding me? Like he he's that doubleheader that I watched. He struggled through two innings with control, and still got through five or six. And they came back and won that game five four, I think it was. But you know, it's but that's the kind of thing that they the Mets didn't have. They'd have to go into their bullpen, and that bullpen would be ruined for the week, and then it's just it just steamroll from there. But imagine halfway through the year when they get to pick up Degrom and they add that to the rotation. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it, it's it's something to watch in New York, and I think you're right about Buck. He knows that the managers get up in front of the cameras every every after every single game, and their job is yeah to to deflect blame uh, and bring it upon themselves when things are going bad and they give all the praise to players when right. things are going good. That's kind of the job. I don't think you have to worry about some weird situation about Buck not communicating the right way. That's what a good manager does. I think you and I both would agree on that. It's, it's just about communication. It seems like Buck is, he's, he's, he's uh, right there with Scherzer and all those guys, the leaders there with Pete Alonso, making sure this is all like a, a harmonious relationship and, yeah, I'm here for it. maybe maybe my tune will change. Maybe Buck will, you know, make me think different things about managers this, this year because I, I already have Kapler. So right. people tell me that all the time. Like, how can you how can you talk crap about managers so much but love Gabe Kapler? And I'm like, you know what? There is something there. So there is bridging, something there. Maybe I'm bridging the gap a little bit. I love that, Trev. Hey, evolve. That's what we gotta do. <laughs> Keep evolving. Speaking of evolving. The Rays and the Mariners are ever-evolving in my brain. The Rays take two out of three from the Mariners in a well-fought series. Which one of these teams has a better chance of winning their division? They are both 11-8 and eight and within two games. I would be lying if I said that I've caught up with a lot of what they've done this year, but based on what I saw at the end of last year and what the Rays literally do every year, um, I, li- I like the Mariners. I like the young Mariners. I like their pickups. I like what they got from the Reds. Um, Jesse Winker hasn't even started really hitting yet. And, and, you know, Eugenio Suarez is, is hitting better than he was in the Cincinnati uniform. So, but they're young, they're, they're exciting. Um, they, they went through it last year and they just missed out. So they're hungry. Um, but the Rays, the Rays are just going to, I think you said this once that if you were another team's GM, you just look at what the Rays are targeting or who they asked for and instantly put them on the 40 man because you know they've found something and you'll eventually find it. So they are incredible at, at, at finding talents that other people just can't recognize. So they're always going to be in the mix too. They are. I'm a big fan of the Rays. Uh, I just think their division is going to be really tough. The Blue Jays look like they're for real. I think the Yankees, I picked them to win the division. If things start clicking with them, the pitching has kind of been there. And if the bats get going, uh, we get Gallo, and, and that lineup can be something special. Rizzo. So I think this is a really tough division. The Red Sox, uh, my good friend Will Middlebrooks has been talking about, their offense is about to explode. They've been barreling the ball at a very high clip, have nothing to show for it. So there are some real talented teams in that division. I think the Mariners have a better shot at winning their division. That's my opinion. And one of the biggest reasons is our guy Logan Gilbert. Have you seen what he's done? He's not. He's disgusting. 22 uh, and a third yeah. innings pitch, 0.4. He's got a point four. That's we're talking Joe Ryan levels right there. 
And they've had some guys step up for them. Like you said, Winker really hasn't even done anything for them yet. Um, Adam Frazier needs to get going, but it's guys like Ty France stepping up. He's still He's got the raking. One, raking, still got the one daughter OPS, you know, all the way through April. 21 ribbies? Yeah. JP Crawford, he's stepping it up with the what, bat. What happened with him and the Phillies? Were you there when he was with the Phillies? I was. Uh, he just, they, he, I don't know, man. He, he was really good defensively when I played with him. Yeah. Kind of needed to get a little bit stronger uh, right. to be a better offensive player, but you could see everything was there. You know, first round pedigree, like all this, all the tools were there. They just really never gave him a shot. Like he never got a fair shake in Philly whatsoever. And I don't really know who was blocking him. Right. Like, like Kingery was kind of blocking him. And then Segura, I think, was kind of blocking him. But like right. there, if this is your guy and you draft him in the first round, or I, I think he was originally drafted by Philly, right. like eventually you got to give him a shot. It's not like the Phillies are winning a bunch of games and they were, you know, they needed, they didn't want to have a rookie right. come up and 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 mess things up. But he never got that shot. Mariners gave him the shot, and the rest is history. I mean, this guy's, you know, becoming one of the better shortstops in the game. Got extended, you know, got the gold glove, and now he's raking. So I like the Mariners. I Me like too. his pitching staff. And people, the Mariners fans keep preseason. They're like, you got to believe in this staff. Our bullpen's going to be good. Uh, we didn't know how what Robbie Ray was going to do, but he's been good too. So they're surprising. I think if they can get that offense going, that's what they were missing last year. I think they're going to be better this year, but Winker is a, is a big part of that. And then the, the young guys, Rodriguez and Kelnick got to get it going too. Rodriguez, yeah. he's slow start, but you know, you know, that How story. Long, do you think they're going to give those guys a long leash or what's, what do you think? the deal what, is what, But I don't know what other options they have. I'm just going to, to check out their, their roster right now, but I don't know what, what is sitting down in AAA. Anything, um, I mean, these, I mean, Kelnick's got a 505 OPS, Rodriguez a 524. I mean, anything you bring up is going to be better than that. You know, maybe you're talking My question defense. is, though, with Kelnick, he's already been sent down to go figure it out, and he, they've brought him back up in September, and he looked pretty good. If he sends, gets sent back down again, what does that do to him, like, mentally? Is I, that like I a understand situation? That. You know, I was sent, both, both you and I, I mean, I don't know, I sent up a bunch of times. You know, I used all of my options. So <laughs> it does it does affect you mentally, but there are times where, you know, these things snowball. You're in the big leagues and having, you know, not having success, and then you start to question yourself, can I belong there? If he goes down to AAA, there's no pressure there. Uh, he knows he's going to rake there, and then, you know, maybe you work on some things. I don't know if I would do that if I was them. I kind of like letting guys figure it out um, as long as you're – kind of winning games and you can kind of get them around guys and, and That's what you know, I'm saying have Winker talk to Kelnick and like, Hey, let's, let's, let's go through this together. Uh, I think it benefit him in the long run. If, if they can hang around, if they start to lose games and pressure gets put on you, right. It's, that'll change in a heartbeat. What's up everybody. Today's show is brought to you by Muggsy jeans. You've heard C Rose talk about, you know, they've changed his life. He has a body like the Dow Jones. That's what he likes to say. His weight fluctuates. It's up one day. It's down the next. You got to have a pair of jeans that can accommodate that. So you get the Muggsy jeans. They're nice and stretchy. You can do athletic stuff with them. Raise your knees, high knees. You never know when a pickup basketball game is going to happen. And if you have regular old jeans on, you can't play with Muggsy's. You can't. They are that comfortable. Now, my story with Muggsy is a little bit different. They sent me out their denim jacket. Same material, very stretchy, very soft. Feels like butter when you put it on. Also looks really good. Last night, I had this show dinner. Went to the Soho House in Malibu. It's big time stuff there. Wore my Muggsy jacket. Everybody was looking at me. Guys were looking at me. 
girls were looking at me. The dolphins in the ocean, because we were sitting right there, they were looking at me. Mugsy jeans are that good. Do your legs a favor and head on over to Mugsy.com to pick up a pair of the most comfortable jeans we've ever worn. That's Mugsy.com for 10% off your entire order using promo code TODAY. Free your balls with the most comfortable jeans on planet Earth at Mugsy.com and use promo code TODAY for 10% off your entire order. We'll, we'll pick it up with my guy, Alec Manoa goes seven innings pitch, zero runs against the Red Sox. He's the real deal. And he's looked like the real deal since the day he got to the big leagues. One of those guys that just passes the eye test and gives you the results as well. Who's a guy that you played with that right away when you saw him, you knew he was going to be good and also had the success. All right. So I had to, uh, I'm going to go somewhere different because I didn't play with this guy. And I'm going to look up his numbers again just to make sure that what I'm saying is true. But when when Cole Hamels was in the minor leagues, it was my first year back from Australia. And it was my first taste of real baseball again. And I went from basically beer league in Australia to AAA. And he was one of the, one of the first guys I saw pitch. And I was like, what am I doing here? If that's what I'm up against, he's the best pitcher I've ever seen in my life. And his numbers were insane in the minor leagues. When I was there that year, he had a 110 ERA, 49 innings, 29 hits, 68 Ks, and only 12 walks in AAA. And the years before that were even more disgusting. But when I saw him, I'm like, this guy's going to be the best guy pitcher to ever throw a baseball. I think everybody that gets into pro ball has that moment where, you know, you're like you said, you're playing beer league in Australia or like guys get drafted in your in high school in your area. You're just a God, like you're a stud. You get into pro ball and all of a sudden you go to spring training and it's like, holy, like you're one of everybody, one 50. <laughs> everybody's really good. Like yeah. everybody's really good. Yeah, but um, you you grew up at least in the American system, dude. I came from Australia sure, where sure. everybody throws 84 miles an hour and I come over here and the first bullpen I'm seeing, <laughs> the guys are like throwing nine. I'm like, what is this? This is a different universe. I, I can imagine that. Yes, I got to play against some good competition. I can imagine how it would be for, for you to come <laughs> over. It's got to be crazy. And I tell people that all the time when, you, when we have guys come over, even from like the KBO, like things are different here. Like guys are big and strong and throw harder. And it's, we talked about that with Suzuki the other day, because we got the Cubs coming this weekend and they've, the, it's a, it's the same game, but it's a different game. They still bun over there. They still hit and run. They throw a lot of fastballs, a lot of splits, not a lot, you know, it's, it's yeah. different, but he's, he's certainly adjusted by the way, but I Cole Hamels, minor league numbers, three ERAs in four years, 1.34, 1.12, 2.31 and 1.10. <laughs> I've never That's, seen that before in someone's minor league numbers. There's just, no, there was no adjustment period for him. It was just, I'm, I'm ready for the big leagues now. And he's famously has the best agent in the world that gets him a million dollars to throw one bullpen a year and then shut it down. Like 20 he's million. Really, he's figured 20 it out million for three innings with the Braves. I mean, I'm not mad at it. Let's, let's be honest that if he could, there's yeah, it's a business. My guy um, is Andrew McCutcheon. So we played in the Arizona Fall League together, and he was a young guy. He was only allowed to play like twice a week. I, it was, I don't know if he was on the taxi squad or that was uh, the Pirates were just like limiting his exposure. Yeah. Uh, but there was just something different. The way the ball came off of his bat, like the way he ran routes in the outfield, we, we were like, can this guy please play every day? Like we, we, we want to win this thing. Like we yeah. want to win games. Like this is our best player. And he was, like I said, like younger than everyone by like three years. And we knew he was going to be good. Gets to the big leagues. And you know, he's not a big guy. 
But he got to Pittsburgh and just started hitting homers and just started. I mean, he won an MVP. He did. But we knew it all along. Like, this guy was going to be something special, and there was, like, almost no doubt about it. And Kutch is still going strong, leading the Brewers. Like, he's their best hitter right now. Yeah. And, and he's 30, 32, something like that. Way to go, Kutch. I got one more for you. Okay. Acuna came and played in the Australian Baseball League when he was 17. Oh my god. And that's got it, to be different. It was it was <laughs> it was fun. It was he was on my team. Uh so I was the closer of that team and he he would come in and he was just he was just different. He was he was turning singles into triples and and just he was faster than everyone, stronger than everyone, hitting the ball harder than everyone and it was frightening. I love it, man. You know who else played there and just direct messaged me yesterday, Delman Young, wants to say hi to you. He mentioned, he's, he's like, your boy Peter, how's he doing? I said, man, man, I love that guy. He destroyed that league too. He came and won the batting title like four years in a row, just came down there. You know what he's like. He was just there for baseball. All he wants to do is hit. Yep. He's the best. <laughs> uh, speaking of hit, you know, we'll be hitting Joe Ryan's outfit. Did you see the mock? <laughs> like, you'd be crazy if you think I wasn't going to mention this guy. Uh, so two-parter here. Two-parter for this. Oh, my. Under the uni? It's a white short sleeve mock for people on the AMP app. Just Google Joe Ryan mock turtleneck. You're welcome. Takes that look out onto the field. Does his thing. So two-parter here, Pete. Um, Scale of one to ten. Give me the hot boy rating. And then two, did you ever rock the mock? No. Just to answer that one real quick. (laughs) But that is... He's a he's at least an eight point five on the hot scale. He's got that Jack Sparrow kind of Tyler Glasnow kind of Cole Tucker vibe. Like if you can get those three and morph them, that's just he's yeah he's ready. And I I, I went and watched some video highlights too. He's straight nasty, which helps. He is. So we're currently. We've been doing this for quite some time. Uh, me and the mansplain baseball elsewhere girls. Uh, we're going over our hot boy list, making sure it's right. We'll probably release it you know, within the next couple of weeks. Uh, Joe Ryan's stuff. rocketing up our rankings because we don't just take into we don't take into account just looks, Pete. We talk about you know contract situation, your skill level, like you know impact on the game that you're having right now. And Joe Ryan. For half a season of Nelson Cruz, the Rays gave this guy up. Yeah, looks to be like an absolute steal for the Twins. He's been absolutely dominant and going out there and doing it in the mock. I mean, I know guys have done it before, namely what Chipper, Chipper Jones, Jones. <laughs> Francisco Lindor had done it as well, but like yeah. not that look right. That looks not like, like a not designer. White white. Yeah, it looks like a designer mock under the base. It doesn't look like it's been. It doesn't look like there's a fold. It just looks like it's thick, <laughs> all the way up mid neck, and it's not to the top. So it's like a mid. It's like a. It's like a. It's like a quarter. It's hard. What are, what are the mid? What are the sh- the ranges of the high tops and then the mid? It's like a mid. It's a mid. And then do you know low. this has a name? It's called a dicky. I just learned that. I I've I never even that. heard of that. I didn't need to. No, people are like, well, people are getting mad at me on Twitter because I'm like, what is this thing? It's amazing. Like, oh, dude, you've never seen a dicky before? And I said, no. No. Is that an age thing? Is it, How old are you? 35. Well, yeah. We're young. We're, we're, <laughs> we're still young, you and me. What uh, where were you under the jersey? What did you do? Uh, so, great question. Early on, uh, there was a thing called the Braves Way, 
and <laughs> I wasn't allowed to show my tattoos, so I had to wear sleeves. Really? For the first couple of years of my career and then as my career started to go like this the rules that i listened to started to go like this so <laughs> i and the sh and the sleeve length started to go up so by the time i was with the dodgers it was almost like just cutting the sleeve to the half length so they is that still a rule with them no it's not a there was a it was an mlb rule for a while it was you weren't allowed tattoos? to have tattoos yeah early i came up in 06 so no, that hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm telling you, you're telling me that Major League Baseball I'm had not a rule. Sure if it was the Braves telling me that the Major League <laughs> Baseball had a rule, or whether it was me just trying to do everything right at that stage because I didn't want to get sent back to Australia. I think that might have been the case right there. I listen, speaking of that, when you get a call from Dayton Moore. Dayton Moore called me before I was, so I signed out of the WBC. I go to minor league spring training and then I was going to get called over to be a backup. Before that happened, Dayton Moore called me and he says, Hey, I understand you've got nipple rings. That's how the conversation started. And I said, yes. He said, might I suggest you take them out before we go over to the big leagues? I said, yep, yeah, no problem. So I get over there, <laughs> took my nipple rings out, never put them in again. First guy I see is Anthony LaRue, who is tatted from head to toe and he's got nipple rings. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, I was, I was doing everything right back then. What's up with the nipple rings, man? Come on, LP. I was midlife crisis for me. At I like 24. <laughs> At 24. Okay. 24. Okay. Yeah. Moving on life. from the nipple rings. Here we go. Listen to these series we got coming up this weekend. Astros, Blue Jays, Twins versus the Rays, Phillies versus the Mets, Angels versus the White Sox. Okay. Yeah. You have C. Rose's private jet. Yeah. We know he has one and a friend to go along with you. What series are you going to and who is the friend? Man. Uh, well, the series is not even a question. It's Mets Phillies for two yeah. reasons, because I'm, that's my division. I'm very interested to see what happens in that series. And then the series after that, because the Bravo is going to New York after that. So that piques my interest. And if I'm taking anybody, I'm taking Jerry Blevins. Oh because I've never, gosh. I've never taken in a baseball game with him, which just secretly we might be doing Monday, but just I would take Jerry Blevins because him and I watching a baseball game would be like the same person joined watching the baseball game. I feel like the conversation would just flow the whole time. And I've never done it before. You think you guys have a few pops of that game? A few adult beverages? I'd say there would be a couple consumed, yes. Okay, this is going to be my answer until I get up there and go to a series, but I'm going to Toronto. I'm going to Toronto. I love the Astros. I love watching the Blue Jays play, and I love the electric crowd on the weekends in Toronto. Now, you know, sometimes, you know, they aren't into the baseball that much, but when the weekend comes around, especially when this team is as good as they are, I don't think there's a better atmosphere in baseball. I really don't. It's because it's I don't want to say that. I think there might be some better atmospheres. This is so Roof. different. It doesn't feel like a baseball game. You feel like you're at like a soccer hockey kind of type of atmosphere. Like people are yelling the entire time. Like it's just a good time. And I love the city of Toronto. You know who I would bring? If you say your wife, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. <laughs> I love Olivia. Everyone knows that. I'm not bringing her. <laughs> 
Okay. I don't think she. I don't think she'd want to go because that right? might look really bad. But go. I'm bringing my friend Chris Rose, international superstar. And I'm going to tell you why, Pete. I'm teasing this. We keep teasing it. C Rose and I are going to start going to some Dodger games and some games at Angel Stadium. And I want people to know that. We're going to let people know when we go there because we're going to have things to do. We're going to do some scavenger hunts. We're going to have some giveaways. We really want to embrace the crowd when we go. So I, I want people to know that we are going to be doing this. Keep a lookout. We'll let you know um, when we make it to the games. I think the first one's going to be a Shohei Otani start. That's awesome. He's... You play in Toronto? Oh, yeah. Good what's rates your, too. What's your uh, what's your favorite um, road park to go to? Oof. Travel to. I look. It's going to sound cliche, but I loved Wrigley and Fenway because of you know the history, all the rest of it. City wise, Chicago Wrigley in and itself is just the best. Chicago is by far my favorite city. Whether you're playing the White Sox or it doesn't matter. It's just especially in the middle of summer. Off day in Chicago, just leave the hotel and walk. I Chicago, I think is everyone's favorite road city. I mean, Toronto is up there for me. New York is up there for me, but Chicago is like the best of both worlds. You get the city, you get like kind of the nicer people. And then in the summertime, the weather is good there. So in the food and the everything. places to go out, yes. everything, me and you're on the same Rush wavelength Street. there, Pete. Yeah. Yep. Rush Street. Okay. Well, that will do it uh, on this edition of baseball today. Uh, we'll catch you on Monday. Uh, C. Rose will be back in that chair. Thank you to our producer, Rabbi Shirako. Uh, we'll catch you guys on Monday.